Welcome to day five, our last day of looking through 1 Samuel 1 through 3, this first week of looking through the books of 1 and 2 Samuel. Samuel is helping us to learn how God can open our hearts, about how you and I can live before God with an open heart, open to his love, open to his leadership. Would you like to be more willing to follow God's leadership? That's what it means to live with an open heart. More willing to find discipline for living above your circumstances, even when you don't feel on top of the world? Would you like to have a deepening compassion for people, to see God making positive changes in your life? That's what we're learning from Samuel, what we can learn from Samuel, how to live with this open heart. God used Samuel in so many ways. He was a prophet, he was a priest, he was a judge in Israel. He held all of those positions. He was unique in holding all three of those offices. And today, we're gonna learn from Samuel the prophet. Now, to learn from a prophet, first you have to know what's a prophet. To to a businessman, you don't see how I'm even spelling this. To a businessman, it's being in the black at the end of the month. No, this is the prophet with the PH in the middle. That's what we're talking about here. But even that kind of word, prophet, there are many Christians who are just as far away from their idea of what a prophet is as that businessman might be. We think of a prophet and we think, a prophet, a prophecy, that's somebody who uh, like foretells or tells the future. Well, not really. Every once in a while, God used a prophet to tell something about the future. But a prophet is someone who speaks the word of God. And many times the word of God is about what's happening right now in your life. God revealed the future at times, but only so that they might speak in a way to what God wanted to do in their lives right then. Here's what's gonna happen in the future, so get your lives in line right now. Samuel spoke four major prophecies in this book, each of them in a different location. Each of them was something special to teach us, and the first of them is the most unusual because it came at such a young age, and Samuel didn't even know what was happening when it came. When we look at the prophecies of Samuel, we're going to look at them as we walk through these next several weeks together as we come across them. We're going to see that they teach us how to have an open heart before God and an open mouth before God, open lips, how to open our heart in such a way that it opens our mouth to share with others. Open our mouth in such a way that it opens our heart to recognize the goodness of God. This first prophecy happens at Shiloh, something like Lincoln's Gettysburg Address. You can can mark these prophecies by where they were given. And they teach us, this prophecy teaches us some wonderful things about how to open your heart to God, especially at the very beginning. If you think, I don't know how to do that, Samuel didn't know either. He had to learn. You realize in this prophecy that he gives that in order to open our hearts before God, God's going to bring you and I face to face with our mistakes, with our sins. That's part of opening our hearts before God. And Samuel was called to bring Eli face to face with that. He'd made some real mistakes with his family. He'd placed his sons before the Lord as we looked at earlier this week. And because of that, his sons had become an embarrassment in the priesthood. And God's going to call Eli to face that, and he's going to use the prophecy of Samuel to do that. But he does it in a very unusual way. Listen to what happens. Beginning in verse 2, one night Eli, this is in chapter 3, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli, and he said, Here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. 
So he went back and he lay down. And again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and he went to Eli and he said, here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel a third time. And Samuel got up and he went to Eli and he said, here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and he lay down in his place. The Lord came and he stood there calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. And then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears of it tingle. At that time, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin that he knew about. His sons made themselves contemptible and he failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. Samuel lay until morning and then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli his vision. But Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. Samuel answered, here I am. What was it that was said to you, Eli asked? Do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide from me anything he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. And then Eli said, he is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. There's this incredible example here of God opening our hearts to him. Here is Samuel. He hears God's voice speaking to him, and he doesn't recognize it. You ever missed God's voice? God's trying to speak to you through another person, through a message, through a sermon, and you missed it? Samuel missed it. In fact, God had to come to him three times, and it took Eli, who was really struggling in his own life, but at least knew enough about God, to tell him, oh, it must be God speaking. God uses the most unusual people in your life sometimes. And finally, he said these words. How do you open your heart before God? Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. You have a heart to serve. When you have a heart to serve, God speaks because God is leading us to serve. And this first prophecy is all about sin. It's all about the mistakes that Eli had made with his family. The fact that he had allowed his sons to get involved in sin. They were mistreating the sacrifices in the temple. They were laughing about them and treating God as nothing. Now, we want to hide from our mistakes. We want to pretend they don't exist or that they're somebody else's responsibility. But the shame, that shame and blame reaction, it closes our hearts. It closes our hearts to God's will. It closes our hearts to personal joy. And so God causes us to face our sins, to face our mistakes in order to open our hearts, not to embarrass us. God's not out to embarrass you. He could if he wanted to. He knows everything. He could put it all on a page. God's out to open your heart before him. The question is, when that happens, when he touches your heart with a recognition of your own sin, how, how am I going to respond? How are you going to respond? How are you responding right now, even as I talk about this? We've got choices. It, it, it's almost as, as if you see this black smudge in a mirror. What are you going to do about it? Well, three choices. One, you can get away from the mirror 
And a lot of people do that. They don't like what they're hearing from God, so they try to keep God at arm's length. They think somehow God is against them when God is nothing but for you. He wants nothing but his best in your life. But some people do that. It's like staying away from the doctor because they might tell you that you're sick when you know that you're sick. You can try to get away from the mirror, or you can just resign yourself to the situation. Well, there's a black smudge. I just guess I'll have to live with that the rest of my life. I'll just look around and I won't be able to see this part of myself. In many ways, that was Eli's solution. Samuel comes and tells him this terrible story, and Eli just says, well, whatever God wills. There's no repentance. There's no heart to change. That's why he faced that judgment. If in this moment he'd had a heart to change, what might God have done? But we'll never know because he didn't have that heart. So he says, that's just the way I am. And there's some people like that. When God challenges you with coming face to face with your own sins, your own mistakes, your own failings, deep down, you know the real truth. God's doing it because he loves me. God's doing it because he wants to bring his change into my life. So the third choice is to trust God to change. Now, the smudge in the mirror, all you need is a washcloth and some water, and you'll wash it off. But with the darkness that's in our hearts and our character, we need a willingness to trust God with our lives. And when you do that, in many ways, it's easier than washing the smudge off the mirror. Now, the hard part is humility. Instead of responding in pride, I'm going to clean this off, respond with humility. I trust God. When you do that, he washes your heart clean because he already did the work on the cross. Jesus died on the cross to wash your heart clean. When I look at this first prophecy of Samuel, it challenges me to search my own heart. God, where do I need to confess my sin before you? And where do I need to recognize your cleansing? Because you're a God who wants me to live with an open heart before you. None of us are perfect, but we can live with a clear conscience by confessing our sins to God and recognizing his forgiveness. And when you do that, when you open your heart to God like that, then you're able to open your mouth, open your lips to share with others the joy of God's forgiveness. When it comes to Samuel, talk about open, opening his mouth to say God's prophecy. It should not escape our notice that Samuel's first prophecy was to proclaim judgment upon his dad, his father, with the house he'd grown up in. Can you imagine how difficult that must have been? The truth isn't always pleasant, but the truth in the end is always good. The truth does hurt sometimes, but the truth also heals. You sometimes have to choose whether you're going to offer people pleasant platitudes or solid hope. What are you going to offer your own heart? What are you going to offer to other people? Now, as we take some time to pray together today, let's just ask God to search our hearts. Father, we Spend a moment before you and we ask you to search our hearts. Help us to see those places where we've struggled, where we've sinned. We might call it a mistake or a sin or a slip or whatever the word we've used. It's something that is hurting our heart because it's not what you want in our lives, God. That lie, that lust, that living for myself, whatever it is, it's not what you want in my heart. Lord, instead of us trying to make ourselves perfect on our own energy, we take a moment right now to recognize your forgiveness and to ask you to mature us, to perfect us, to grow us, to be more like you. Thank you for the wonderful forgiveness we have in Jesus. Thank you. In your name, amen. Well, next week, we're going to continue our study of 1 Samuel, and we continue to learn from Samuel how to live life 
with an open heart.